All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. We roll through a lovely Tuesday afternoon. How are you? Welcome back to the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Alberta's only regulated online gambling website, where, of course, all the revenue stays right here in the province of Alberta. You can get involved in the show. You can text us at 833-401-1440. Email us, Gregor, sports1440.ca. Also, Connor at sports1440.ca. And uh, we welcome into the program today is our uh, big guest today. He is our regular Tuesday co-host, big guest, brought to you by Silent Ice Sports and Entertainment, innovative leader across Western Canada with properties including the Spruce Grove Saints, Seattle Thunderbirds, Silent Rides Charter Company, the Hockey Super League, and now the Junior Prospects League. Check it out at Silent Ice. And uh, we are joined by Sean Brown. Brownie, how you doing? Awesome. Another great fall day. It is good. It is good. I see you, you brought in some uh, pizza. Hey, look at you. Brought in some pizza for the guys. A little, had a little girl and Sammy and Peter yeah. from Nitsa took care of me. So You're trying to, uh, trying to get, are trying to add some weight on for the, uh, for the start of the season. Is this like Sean Brown, 20 years removed? And you're just like, <laughs> Hey, you know what? I need a few extra pounds before the season starts. Well, you know what it's like to be hungry. I don't know how you are, but I get hangry real quick. Oh uh, so. yeah. You know what? Honestly, my wife knows like I'm kind of a child that way. Like I'm, I get hangry for sure. And my son's the same way. Some people they don't. And I don't like, but I've gotten better. I kind of know, but I know that I'll get, if I'm hungry for sure, I get hangry. Yeah. So I usually, nibble a lot of times so it doesn't matter but it's few times when it's obvious oh yeah like i can't i can't be the person like i know some people are like yeah i don't i miss breakfast i don't eat till noon i like to go 11 hours or 12 without eating whatever it is and i'm just like yeah good for you but there's no chance like yeah. i need to eat within usually an hour of getting up at the latest yeah i've tried the whole fasting thing but it just it. everyone around me has to pay the price for it right it's just yeah it doesn't work for me i'm a big i'm so used to you know 
our routine of eating and making sure we have the energy and the calories and yeah. it's hard to get away from and it's just you're not a fun at least I'm not a fun person to be around <laughs> no no uh, not at all um, the Edmonton Oilers uh, we're down now to uh, two preseason games left the Oilers did make some moves today Xavier Borgo uh, sent to Bakersfield James Hamlin and uh, Seth Griffith also put on waiver so there's uh, three more forwards they're going to go to Bakersfield. I would assume Hamlin and uh, Griffith. Like you never know, but uh, I would assume they are going to uh, to clear waivers. Uh, Jack Campbell. I know it's only preseason, Brownie, but I look at like and, and I, w- I was outlining it for order fans, uh, thinking back to the Anton Landers, Magnus Pyarvi, Yessi Yuensus, Ty Ratty when he had seven goals and eleven points in preseason. Like young guys are you know not fully established NHLers. I'm a little leery if they have a great preseason to say, oh, yeah, this is something that's sustainable. Jack Campbell, I'm not saying he's going to have a 971 save percentage, but he really needed, I think, a good start to the season for him. And his two games, he's been the Oilers' best player by a mile in both games. He was excellent last night. Um, Seattle was out shooting the Oilers almost 3-1 to one at one point in, in that game. And, you know... How much, as a veteran player, do you did you put into having a good start in preseason? I think it's important whether you're a veteran or you're a rookie. I think that, yeah, I mean, obviously there are two different guys at two different points in their career, but I think for Jack Campbell coming off of the year that he had last year, it obviously wasn't the year that he, that he was hoping to have. And what's intriguing to me and what I'm interested in following this year with him is the fact that, you know, because of the game being so mental and the time that he's put in, to work on that, to try and prepare himself and give him the best chance to to be Jack Campbell of what we've seen the last couple exhibition games is here. I want to follow that. And I, and I think with all the work and everything that he's done over the summer with that, I think it's important for him personally to have the success, early success. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, because you want to just be able to carry that, whether you're, like I said, a veteran or a rookie, you, you want to be able to, to carry some of those highs and use training camp as a platform to go into a season feeling really, really good about yourself. So I'm happy to see it. Um, cause you know, the lows are going to come the, the, you know, different times throughout the season. Um, but I think it's important. It doesn't matter who you are, you know, to, to have a good training camp to feel good about yourself so that, you know, you want to, you know, start the season off the right way. Gleason has, I think, grabbed a lot of people's attention and I also look at the order seven defense and I just don't see how there's room for him if they're all healthy, right? Number one. Um, but usually eight, nine, sometimes 10, 11, depending on how many injuries you run into, you're going to have to use different amount of defensemen all year. And Gleason, it's clear what his best attributes are. He handles the puck very well. You know, he'll transport the puck. He's a decent passer. He's very confident with the puck on his stick. Like, he's not afraid to dance guys at the blue line when need be, of course. He talked about it openly. He's got to, you know, he's still working on his defensive game. And, and really, f- for him, because he's not, unless Bouchard gets injured, yeah, I don't see any way that he'd ever be in an offensive situation. And, and even if Bouchard is, it'll probably be Nurse or Ekholm that would get the power play minutes. But what have you made of Gleason? And, you know, he's 25 years of age. You know, he's somebody who's just working to improve. It, this guy, he might end up getting 10 or 15 games, depending on, on the health of the Edmonton Orders. And you know, that could be an important 10 or 15 games for the team, but also for him and maybe, you know, sets him to, to go to a team where like right now it's hard to break into Edmonton compared to it was seven, eight years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
I think, you know, watching a little bit of the game yesterday and watching the highlights, I, I like what I see, and I think you touched on it. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be things that are going to happen throughout the season, and you're going to need guys um, to step into those roles. Uh, you know, for him personally, he's going to, you know, he's obviously putting his best foot forward right here, right now, and he's doing a lot of good things to get recognized. Um, but for him, you know, because it is a tough situation, you're playing for this team, this opportunity, but you're also playing, like you said, for other opportunities throughout the league. The league now with, you know, the scouting and the pro scouting and, and the amount of guys, who's not looking for a hockey player, right? Yeah. Everybody's looking for a player that can help, right? Especially those depth guys that fall into the salary cap and can eat up minutes and, and you know, basically, uh, I would say insurance guys, you know, so he's playing for <clears throat> the Oilers right now and for his career, but he's also playing for those opportunities throughout the league. Um, and, the, you know, for the strength of any team out there you need depth right you need guys that are gonna come in at different times throughout the year and and patch in and do some work and buy a little bit of time for a guy that might be slumping might need a you know might might be hurt so um it sounds like to me there's there's a few guys in the oilers program and this was something for a lot of years they just they didn't have Mm -hmm. right and so now they got these guys that are going to help push and compete get that compete throughout the lineup and they're going to fight for those minutes. Guy who played similar, but not the same really as you, is Marcus Niemelainen. Big body. You know, they want him to be more physical. It was interesting how, you know what, he's physical at the American League, but the NHL is just a step quicker. And if you somehow run out of position, you can get exposed more. He he tried to be physical in his first preseason game. I noticed it. And, and that's his calling card. But his timing just... You know, I haven't really seen much improvement from him the last few years. Have you? Um, to be honest with you, I, I don't know if I could comment on the last few years. I can comment on being a physical defenseman and, and trying to find opportunities to be physical without taking yourself out of the play, without putting your team down. Uh, you know, when you, when you talk about uh, preseason and exhibition, it's, it's so different than oh, regular yeah. season. I mean, I've put up a few points in reg- or in preseason and you know each game as it gets closer to the regular the regular season it it changes the intensity the structure the accountability and then all of a sudden when you get into the regular season and it's game on yeah. everything changes right yeah. because now there's you know there's no very little wiggle room for error so for him you know that's a little bit of experience um, helps with being physical, knowing when, uh, you know, understanding the clock, when there is, you know, who you're playing against, when there's a time to get and make a hit. Um, but that's like we talked about last week, something you just don't know what you don't know. And you're trying. I mean, that's where you got to surround yourself with good coaching. You got to be a student of the game. You got to make sure you're watching your video and you're really paying attention to, you know, <clears throat> situations and um, you know, and having a guy like Dave Manson couldn't be any better for a guy that's physical and understands that part of the game. He's in a great spot. So, um, yeah, it, it's hard. It's hard to find that balance because you get running around the NHL and out of position, it's so fast and it's so hard to recover. Because there's very few guys. Sean Brown uh, joins me, Jason Greger here on Sports 1440 Live and Orders Nation YouTube. There's just very few defensemen around the league who can do it properly. Right, like Radko Gudis. If you look at the young years of Radko Gudis, at times he'd be out of position. Now, like Radko Gudis is a really solid defender who forces forwards to keep their head on a swivel. 
Right. And then Anaheim brought in Lyabushkin. Now, I think Lyabushkin's a little bit like a young Radko Gudis. And, 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 cause he caught dry settle in the trolley tracks last year. Like he can hit some guys, but he has a tendency to get out of position while he's doing it. And so that's a learned thing, just your timing, when to go. And you'd be like, Hey, if I do it now, and even if I miss him, I got somebody here backing me up that, you know, we're not going to get totally exposed. But it's just like, I look at Neiman Line. I'm like, man, if he could figure out how to do it, There'd be a job for him in the league because there's just not many guys who know how to do that. So they're so hard to find right now. There used to be a dime a dozen, but they're hard to find, yeah. you know. And when you have that guy, I was just talking to a family on the way here. You know, he's got a young son that's a defenseman. We were talking exactly about this. And when you have that guy that's uncomfortable to play against, other guys now are starting to think more of what they don't want to have happen as opposed to what they want to have happen. Advantage for that physical defenseman. So and now in today's game, it's still a piece of it, but as much as it's changed, it's still there and you need it. So anticipating, timing, um, you know, and, and that's where coaches putting players together with a partner that will allow, you know, guys to make those reads. And, and you know, when you pair guys that understand each other, you can play and you can read off of each other. That's a big help, too. Jason Greyer, Sean Brown with you on Sports 1440. When we return, Weekly Tuesday guest Dave McCarthy will uh, join us as uh, we've seen a few young players being placed on waivers. We've already seen a few guys claimed on waivers. It's going to be a very interesting week. Of course, the NHL regular season, the puck drops next Tuesday with three games. The orders, of course, will begin in Vancouver next Wednesday. But uh, we will talk about some interesting names that you could see appearing on the waiver wire this week. Next on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440, live on Orders Nation YouTube, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We continue on Tuesday afternoon. Welcome back to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440, live on Orders Nation YouTube. MLB playoffs, two games underway right now. If you don't want to know the score, I'll give you a two-second warning. There you go. Um, road team, Texas, up four Cobb in the top of the eighth, looking good. Meanwhile, did you know in the regular season, the Minnesota Twins hit 50 more home runs than the Blue Jays? 50. So uh, what happens in the first inning? Lewis, two-run homer, and uh, they lead Toronto 2 nothing. They're... You know what? Uh, Toronto's bats are going to have to be awake. And Toronto's pitchers, you know what? Mini hits a lot of home runs, man. They are a, a one-swing type of team. So we'll see. Uh, lots of time. It's early, and we will uh, see uh, what happens. But uh, Mini's got uh, runners on first and second with two outs now in the second inning. So it's not been a great start for the Blue Jays. Let's go around the NHL now. Brought to you by... McDonald's, guess what's back, baby? Monopoly. Your chance to win all sorts of wonderful prizes. Cash, cars, and more. Get it now at McDonald's. We uh, welcome in our regular Tuesday contributor from Sirius XM, Dave McCarthy. Dave, as always, welcome back to the show, my man. How you doing? Good. I'm I'm loving the weather here in my part of Etobicoke, Jason. It's 29 degrees out here in October. What? We'll take this. Yeah. 
Why do you think I'm wearing the T-shirt here? Yeah, because well, it's it's more than warm enough. Well, I'm just happy it's not a muscle shirt, so that's good. Well, it's, uh, you know what? Uh, I like it. Nobody now, wants to see that. <laughs> um, you know what? Uh, here we are now. There, we're a week away from the start of the regular season. I think the next week will be interesting to see what happens with uh, with players on waivers and such. We've already had a few waiver claims. Uh, I think everybody's wondering if, if uh, Tampa Bay is going to make another one or not. Woodley said he's not sold that they'll make one. So th- that's interesting uh, to see. But I guess let's start um, first off in, in the East. Uh, you know, Montreal and Toronto played the other day and Toronto gassed one uh, late. Montreal came back to win. What do you make of the Habs? And like, how improved do you think they're going to be this year? Yeah, it was interesting because through much of that game, um, I was impressed with what I saw out of the Leafs. It just looked like they were far and away the better team, up 4-2 late in the game. And then it really just seemed like they took their foot off the gas. They said, you know, 50 minutes is going to be enough for us tonight, fellas. Let's shut it down. And and then they gave up two and allowed Montreal to tie it, and then they lost in overtime. That's a game Toronto should win. Really. Um, and Sheldon Keefe suggested that after the game where he said preseason or not, like this is, this is something that I thought we were past. So yeah, Montreal showed something last night, but I do think in this case, it was more the fact that Toronto really did just take their foot off the gas. So, um, what I will say about Montreal, I, I didn't notice the people that I feel like I need to notice. Um, often enough for me to be convinced that Montreal is going to be a team that can dramatically improve. Uh, I didn't notice Yuri Slavkovsky all that much. Uh, when I did, uh, I saw him getting knocked off the puck at times, which is concerning for a guy whose game is predicated around his size. Um, so that was relatively unimpressive. I didn't notice Cole Caulfield all that much. Um, I think Montreal is going to be maybe incrementally improved from last year, but I'm still picking them to finish last in the Atlantic division. I just don't see how they finish any other place other than last at this point. I think their goaltending will be shaky. I think their blue line is, you know, we're, we're still looking to see what they've got back there. And I think their forwards, when you, when you rank them up against other teams, in the Atlantic division just simply are not at the same level. So yeah, maybe better, but, I still see them as a last place team in the Atlantic. Where does where do you see Kirby Doc? He had such a good start with Chicago. Now he's in Montreal. Where, like, where do you, is he one of their top guys? Where do you see him? Well, he's another one of these enigmatic type of guys where he came in with a great deal of expectations, got off initially to a decent start in Chicago. Injuries got in his way, uh, and then before you know it, like two three years have passed. And he's now into his early 20s where guys at that level really should be should be taking games over um, and and becoming centerpieces on teams. And I just haven't seen it yet uh, from Kirby Doc. So, you know, what I'd say, Sean, is that that this is a really important year for Kirby to reestablish himself as the player that he came into the league um, as under the, the, those level of expectations. I'm not willing to write him off at this point, but, you know, if we go another year where he just kind of middles around, you know, then then I think you're out of prospect mode and you're into sort of what you are mode. And if that's what he is, that's that's fine. I mean, that'll be, you know, like a, a decent second, really good third line center. 
but it's not what he came into the league as. It's certainly not what Montreal was hoping when they went out and acquired him from Chicago when he became available. So a uh, really big year for Kirby. Uh, but at this point, I'm, I'm still not quite sure what they have because I, I do think there is more there to give. But if we don't see it this year, then you have to start to question that. Ottawa already lost a young guy on waivers to Anaheim. They put a few more on waivers today, uh, Dave. Uh, now, you know, I don't know if Docker's going to get claimed or not, but uh, what do you make of the, uh, you know, the young guys in Ottawa? At some point, you know what, you have all these draft picks. Eventually, you know what, guys are playing in the minors. You're going to have to put some of them on waivers. I'm not sure, you know, how much of a difference maker they are or not, but uh, uh, do you think there's any concern they'll lose another young guy? Well, there's potential for sure. I mean, if you're a team, like let's use Jacob Bernard Docker as, a, as an example. If you're a team right now that isn't looking to contend and you have um, minutes available on your blue line and, and chances are that type of a team is not up against the cap where, where they have the ability to make a claim, he's the type of guy that, that I might take a flyer on to see see what you have there if it's a case that – um, he hasn't gotten to where Ottawa hoped he would simply because there are guys who are above him on the depth chart or if it's simply because he is what he is, which is a guy that, that can't beat out others for minutes. I take a flyer, but, you know, again, I caution people. I, I saw a lot of folks on Twitter uh, when that was announced last night that he was going to go on waivers losing their minds about poor asset management um, and what a disastrous uh, disastrous situation this is for Ottawa. The guy's 22-23, and he's played 32 NHL games. Why do we think that might be, yeah. right? Like if he's 22-23 and, and, and a team like Ottawa that's been no good has only seen fit to play him in that amount of games – it might be because he's not blowing anybody off the page. So I think that is is the case that Ottawa's in right now, which is to say they've got guys simply ahead of him on the depth chart. And 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 now he's got to be exposed to waivers. Well, they're looking to contend, and they look at the group they have on the back end, and they don't see him amongst their top six or their top seven. Why? Because they don't like the guy? No, because they see there's other guys that they think uh, Phil rolls more effectively ahead of him. So, you know, we'll see on Jacob Bernard Docker, a, a younger guy that, that I'd still, like I said, be willing to take a flyer on, but I don't necessarily think that it's disastrous asset management on the part of the Ottawa Senators because you look at their blue line right now, and I don't necessarily think it's in tatters anymore with Thomas Shabbat going out and getting uh, Jacob Chikrin. Uh, they, they've got some depth back there right now. Artem Zub is a quality player. They just don't see the minutes for him right now. With, with Steve Steos joining Ottawa, um, what, what does that mean for Pierre Dorian, DJ Smith? I mean, obviously Pierre's done a really good job, I think, of bringing in some really good young talent. Uh, DJ's done a good job coaching. But where does this put them? Does it put a little bit of pressure on them? I think it does put some pressure on, on DJ Smith, certainly, um, and, and Pierre Dorian for that matter, too. Um, because they're at the point now where you're right, Sean. I, I think they have done a good job of, of accumulating prospects, but they're now at the point where they got to start to bear some fruit at the NHL level. Otherwise, you go from prospect to suspect mode. So um, the the issue with Ottawa the last two or three years is 
and by American Thanksgiving, it's been all over with. That cannot happen again this year. If it does, I think DJ Smith is really, really on the hot seat. And I, I never like to advocate to see anybody to lose their job, uh, but that would be the natural move um, from my standpoint is to see if, okay, you know what, this coach has been here for a number of years. This group of players has been here for a number of years. We think there's more there to give. Maybe we'll try a different voice to get something more out of them. Um, that would, to me, be the, the, the choice that would, uh, would be you know, sort of the next step on the progression if things don't go well. For Pierre Dorian, um, you know, we'll see. Is, is there a working relationship here between himself and Michael Andlauer, the new owner? Um, or uh, does the owner ultimately have other ideas at play? This is a really, really important year. If they go out, they play well, they play to the, the, the capabilities, the expectations, I all think, uh, we all think that Ottawa has the potential to play up to, then there won't be a problem. DJ Smith will be just fine. Pure Dorian will be just fine because they're winning and, and they're contending and they're making the playoffs. And winning cures a lot of things. But if they middle around and they, they come in well below expectations yet again, then yes, I, I do believe that, uh, that they will look long and hard about the management structure and, and the coaching structure right now in Ottawa because they, they, need to, they need to be better this year than they have been uh, the last two or three years. Dave McCarthy from SiriusXM joins us. Uh, Dave, I've noticed Shabbat's been playing as offside and hasn't necessarily been great at it and that that to me is always a risk if you have guys that have to play outside their comfort zone because some some d-men can handle playing their offside lots of other guys it's just too much of a struggle and you know i, I wonder if eventually we see chicken over there instead yeah no i do i do wonder that too um you know you think that it shouldn't be that much of an ordeal to switch from one side of the to the other but as a defenseman when you've grown up playing the entire your entire career on your strong side, well, now suddenly you're moving over and everything you're trying to do is on the backhand, trying to dig pucks off the wall on the backhand. You're trying to make outlet passes uh, on the backhand, or you, you got to take another step to get to the middle of the ice. Uh, it can be an adjustment, and some guys just don't play very effectively in that type of a situation. You look at Morgan Riley here in Toronto. They went through a phase where they tried him on, uh, on the right side, and it just, it just didn't work all that well um you know the other thing is too when you're to your backhand well suddenly you're not seeing the entire ice as you do when you're on your forehand and you're looking up the ice you know, kind of everything's in your peripheral vision so it, it's a big adjustment and you know look i'm all for experimentation during the preseason that's what it's for um you might as well take a look at some things and see if they work even if you go back to thomas shabbat on his strong side once the regular season begins if he'd been playing well on his weak side well now you know that if push comes to shove in a regular season uh this is an option for us we we can use him in that row or we know we can't so um good that they've experimented with it but um i'm with you jason they don't have room for experimentation in the regular season, they have to know if it's not going well. Okay, it's got to go back to a strong side, and then we got to move, uh, as you say, Jacob Chikrin, um to that side. It, it does compromise your depth. You'd like maybe to have those guys on different pairs, um, but if it's not going to work, if if you're if you're shooting one guy in the foot, in other words, Thomas Shabbat, um, to to load up your top uh, to 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 lengthen your D, right? Um, but the guy's not playing 
to the level that he can play at, well, you're not better as it is then. So I like the, the idea of experimentation, but if it's not going to work, then, you know, like, like I said, they don't have time to continue to give it runway in the regular season. And uh, lastly, one for you, Dave. When you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, do you think they will claim a goalie on waivers this week? Well, look, Jonas Johansson played pretty good in his first start the other day after Andre Vasilevsky went out. Um, I'm not convinced they will at this point because the thing is, is that they're, I mean, the, anybody they claim on waivers probably isn't going to eat up a lot of, a lot of cap space anyway. Um, but I, I think they're willing to, to see what they got in Jonas Johansson. Um, for the first little while, you can always go out and 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 uh, and Julian Brisbois has shown that he's not reluctant um, to pay some capital to fix an issue. Can always go out and knock on a team's door with a with an NHL caliber goalie in the minor leagues and say, you know what, we'd really like this guy. Can can we interest you in a third round pick or a second round pick? And chances are that'll get that deal done. Um, he hasn't shown a reluctance to do that. Um, at this point, I think it would behoove them to see if Johansson can handle the minutes um, and see how Vasilevsky's recovery comes. And then some guys get back sooner than others. And, you know, maybe they'll get him back um, in the middle of December. And then you're looking at, you know, what, 20 games or so, 25 plus games um, where you need to, to, to make do without him. If so, great. If not, they'll go out and, and fix the issue. But I think they'll also alter how they play. I think John Cooper's the best coach in the National League. You're certainly in the top three or five. I think he'll recognize that, you know what? We can't quite play the same way we did in the past where we rely on Vasilevsky to bail us out. We'll have to tighten things up and make sure that the shots that we give up are predictable from predictable locations um, and win some games two to one, three to one. I think they're capable of doing that. Um, so I think that's what they'll try in the early going. And if not, if you get to, you know, the end of October and you're, you're showing uh, real signs of weakness between the pipes, I think Julian Brisebois will, will find a way to correct the issue, um, before it becomes something where Tampa Bay is completely, uh, completely out of it by, you know, as we like to say, American Thanksgiving. Davey, have yourself a great day. When we talk to you tomorrow, it'll be hours from the first game of the 23-24 season. Looking forward to it. Uh, looking forward to it. Regular season hockey cannot come soon enough. That is Dave McCarthy from Sirius XM. Uh, when we return, soft tissue issues, hip flexor tightness, soreness. How big of an issue is this? The season hasn't begun. Ekholm McLeod. We'll break down the injuries, Achilles and more next. The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Well, 347. Royce Lewis, right now, in the kitchen, rattling all the pots and pans of the Blue Jays. It, uh, did, how many of you, you might have to be a little bit old school to remember this name, Gary Gaetti. Remember Gary Gaetti? Number eight, third baseman for the Twins, 1987, ALCS, game one. He was the last player in Twins history to have a two-home run game. Royce Lewis, two at-bats, two dingers today for Minnie. Minnie had 50 more home runs than Toronto. Now it's up to 52. 
this year. So, whew, not a great start. Looks like uh, now there's lots of time left. Keep in mind, the Twins have lost 18 consecutive playoff games, which is mind-blowing to me. Mind-blowing that they've lost 18 in a row. But they're off to a, a good start today. Uh, welcome back to the Jason Greger Show. Sports 1440, Orders Nation, YouTube, live from the Ewell studio. Of course, Ewell, if you need anything electrical, they'll provide it. They are your local electrical distributor, E-W-E-L dot C-A. And we're going to talk, we've talked a little bit about McLeod and Ekholm, but here, you know what? Uh, they weren't on the ice to start training camp and we we're like, oh, you know what? Doesn't think it's going to be that serious. We'll be back. Well, here we are. Now there's only two preseason games left, and those guys haven't really been part of the main practice. How much of a concern is this? Well, let's find out as we get to our uh, injury report brought to you by Leading. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Edge Physio, or guess what? Hey, Weekend warrior, maybe you're a professional athlete, whatever. It doesn't matter, but uh, you deserve the same type of treatment. And that's what you get at Leading Edge Physio. They are always up to date on anything new in the treatment world that get you back playing professionally or just as a weekend warrior. LeadingEdgePhysio.com as uh, Grant Fedork joins us uh, once again. Grant, uh, welcome back to the show on an, on a new station. Uh, we appreciate uh, having you back on. And uh, I want to start with a hip flexor and I guess a tight hip flexor. So we don't know exactly, you know, Ekholm said, hey, I don't think it's that serious. You know, it's like a tight hip flexor or whatever, but... It's a few weeks now, and he hasn't been on the ice with the team. What, what are, in your experience of treating, like, like is it tight hip flexors or strained hip flexor? What are the hip flexor issues you can have? Well, you hit them on the head. There's a lot of different things that can go on. First of all, you have their hip flexors for a reason. They're multiple. There's a, a two-joint muscle called rectus femoris. It crosses more than one joint and it, so because it goes across the hip and the knee. And then you have iliopsoas or the psoas muscle, and those muscles, actually, interestingly enough, they originate off of the anterior or the front part of your spine, and they cross the hip joint. So it only crosses one joint. So 
depends on which one, very simply put, uh, but you can strain it. So first, second degree, third degree. Over the years, we've talked about what that and the differences there. Jason, first degree being fairly minor, just small little micro tears in the tissue versus the second degree, which is anything from more than that first degree, so more than those smaller tears, going all the way until it's barely hanging on. That's still a second degree strain. So if you can imagine, second degree means so much. Third degree means it's torn. It's not holding on anymore. It's not doing anything. So in that second degree world, a lot of things can happen. You can have it partial thickness. It's just a smaller amount than the massive amount. And the recovery is so different. Tight hip flexors are different. They that that I I don't suspect that an injury like tight hip flexors keeping somebody from performing. Okay. Um, certainly from performing at a high level because you need flexibility in order to get maximal strength out of a tissue. But tightness, you know, that's it's not going to be provocative of the kind of pain that would keep somebody from performing maybe early in the season and they're just being conservative and very careful. That's the only thing I can think of there. And then soft tissue issues that, that's pretty broad but what's like what are soft tissue and, and how concerned could that be how concerning could that be or potentially long term well soft tissue is the easiest way to say you know we're not going to tell you really what's wrong <laughs> so, so soft tissue is everything from muscle ligament uh, bursa nerve like literally sprain strains contusions tendonitis bursitis I can keep going all of those would be considered a soft tissue injury. So without them saying exactly like what type of soft tissue injury, it's literally like saying, well, there's something sore there to everybody. This person's got something sore there or something that's keeping them from performing. But you're guessing there's so many things that could be a soft tissue injury. What about Aaron Rodgers at his age with his Achilles? What what would be the chances of someone coming back with him? Oh, geez. Uh, you know, let's not be ageist here. These guys are fairly at a high level of performance. Their bodies are well-tuned machines, even even through age. But that being said, as we age, our tissues are certainly not as... They don't recover. They don't have the same elasticity or healing properties that they have when we're younger, just because of the way of, as collagen ages, what happens. So the Achilles, I'll be blunt, uh, it's there's a reason why it's named Achilles and everybody knows the story of the arrow through the Achilles that brought down the great powerful um, warrior named Achilles. And that's, that's why I call an Achilles heel. I would say, you know, I'm not, I'm not a betting man on anybody not making a recovery, but it's a really tough one to recover from, especially and perform at a high level of sport at any age let alone later in a career just because of the amount of force that needs to be put through it, the likelihood of re-injury and also the likelihood of, um, you know, persistent weakness there that's needed to perform at a high level. That would be my answer to that question. It's called an Achilles for a reason. Grant Fedor joins us from Leading Edge. And you mentioned the torque that goes through it, right? Like, because when, yeah. when we wa- people will watch that injured, it's like, well, geez, it, it didn't look like it was that bad. And so, you know what? It might have been weak for a while. And, and finally, that was the mm-hmm. deciding factor in it. But when it goes through that rehab process, like Aaron Rodgers is one who's already come out and said, hey, you know what? I'm, I've got this new age stuff, Grant. I don't know if you 
read up on it or not. And he's very confident that he'll be back. And, you know, believing in it's probably half the battle more than likely. But what is it specifically about the Achilles that is so difficult for professional athletes to come back and be able to perform at the same level after? Yeah, so the Achilles itself, it requires to bear, I mean, these guys aren't 135 pounds. Um, and they're pushing off with an, with a huge amount of force and especially in the position. Not only are they doing that, but a quarterback position are stepping backwards with all of their weight and with the tissue on an, like a stretched position. So it's got to not just exert force in the direction to provide power, but it's got to withstand a whole lot of force that the body's putting on it in the opposite direction. And unfortunately, it depends on the, of course, the health of the tissue in the first place. But you described it pretty good early on, uh, talking about the fact that it probably had some wear and tear that led to the injury in the first place, which, you know, magically doesn't go away. And Treatments like PRP and um, some of these growth factors, things that they're using today, they do give you a good chance of, of recovery, but, you know, it's still going to come down to the, the, you know, the sport and the individual DNA of that athlete as far as how the recovery goes. So I'm not a betting man against high-end athletes. I've ne- it's never, never a good idea but certainly he's got a a long road of recovery. That being said, the Achilles is also, just for everybody paying attention, you're in a boot for a long period of time Mm -hmm. afterwards. So you get a lot of, you end up with a lot of atrophy of the other tissues of the lower body. The quad, the hamstring, everything else goes too because of the time period that it has to go through its recovery. So you're looking at a long, like six months plus recovery on on these tissues in the Achilles. And returning to a high level of sport like that, you're, I, I mean, it's going to be an extended period. I hope he doesn't rush back. And if he is going to, if he plans on a, a, you know, a return to sport, he better not hurry it. That's for sure. Well, I guess maybe that's the one advantage, right? Like there's zero chance he could be ready this season. So, you know, he, he can, he can take his time and and maybe not push it although i know like it everything's changed probably even from when you started till now in the rehab right like people used to have surgery and they'd sit them around and do nothing and now it's like guys had girls have surgery and the next day they're out doing something now obviously depending on what the uh, the injury is but it's really amazing how it's evolved probably even in your lifetime to see how much more aggressive and quickly they want rehabilitation to start yeah, and not the Achilles. So the no. Achilles, it's interesting about that one. The, the big difference in the Achilles today is there's a conservative management stream where, in fact, they'll put, put patients in a boot, put a lot of heel wedges underneath, and let the tissue recover without surgery. Um, but surgically, they're going to have a little quicker recovery, a longer, higher, less likelihood, in my opinion. This is totally my opinion, of re-injury. That being said, when it's surgical, it's it's a, it's a it hasn't progressed as far as the time frame of healing and that will never change there are approaches to rehab that have changed but the actual time frame that your body and your tissue needs to go through that's rooted in our dna so unfortunately we can move these along and we get better recoveries longer longer standing recoveries athletes that previously would have been career ending are coming back but time frames don't really change all that much that's for sure Grant, uh, great insight as always, man. Uh, we appreciate it. Good to have you back, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, my pleasure. Let's hope there's not so many 
different injuries out there to talk about, but it sure sounds like the beginning of this season and this crisscross of sport is going to keep us busy talking about all these athletes going down. Oh, yeah, definitely lots of injuries this time of year. Appreciate it. Uh, that is Grant Fedork from Leading Edge Physio, the uh, injury report. So uh, interesting when it comes to the uh, the hip flexor and, and the second degree and, and just the wide range of secondary. Brown, did you ever have a, a hip flexor issue? I think everyone's had a tight hip flexor, nothing that's ever put me out, but I do, I can relate to what you're talking about. I did tear my labrum when I was over in Europe there and I couldn't believe on the next day how quick out of the surgery I had to start rehab. I thought I had like two weeks of just relax and chill out, but it was the most painful rehab. Oh, labrums are brutal. Yeah. And I mean, cause they're trying to get the the movement, the rotation. And like you said, I was, I'm sitting there thinking I, I got two weeks literally where I could probably just chill out and enjoy the family. And, and right away I was right into it and it was painful. And just like, cause they would start literally just moving your, your arm like six inch, not, well, not even six inches yeah. probably, right? Just a centimeter, a little bit at a time. Yeah. Just a little bit. They had a little marker on the wall, right? And just over the period of time, you would slowly see the progression of your arm being able to move up. And it just, at different times, you'd look at the wall and be like, I'm never going to get my arm over my shoulder. Mm-hmm. It just felt like a block. Yeah. Like it, you know, so yeah, it's, uh, I think that's obviously just as, you know, that's the most important thing when you get hurt is making sure you find someone that's going to take care of you and do the right things. And, and these athletes now, um, are so, have so many great people and great resources around them. Like they're in great hands. And that doesn't surprise me that, you know, Aaron Rodgers with the people that he has, that he is going to make a recovery and age becomes less. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, let's get to Connor Halley and a sports 1440 update brought to you by Fountain Tire. Right now during the road ready sales event, you can save up to 25% off select tires and a bonus of $50 off any service until October 21st. Book your appointment at fountaintire.com. Some restrictions. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.